worship team went over time. Brandon, you know, he just, he felt the spirit. That's a word for somebody, man. That is a word for somebody. You can trust God. You about to hear a voice behind you. I feel like that is no joke. You better go on and praise God. You better go on and praise God. That's the spirit. Go on and praise. Y'all going to let him praise by himself? Listen, getting set free up in here. Getting set free up in here. Listen, go on and praise them. I don't mind a praise break. I do mind, I mind a praise break. We old school. You go ahead and take that praise break. I do not mind a praise break. This is going to go good today. I, I, the Lord has never used me for a praise break. As a black preacher, like, that's huge for me. Like, just, just so you know, like, I need y'all to celebrate. I'm a black preacher, and I've never preached in a praise break. Come on, y'all better praise right now I, before I take off running. I've only seen T.D. Jakes do that. No, for real, that's the spirit. Because you get delivered, man, when you, all that pressure that people put on themselves, you like, wait, I can trust God? I can trust God? Listen, listen. Do you take a lap? Listen, take a lap you want. Somebody need to wear their new balance to church. Moving on. Don't be wearing them heels up in church. You never know what the Holy Spirit going to do up in here. I want to preach a message to you. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 6. This is going to be a good one. I really feel so strong about this. And, you know, all the messaging out there, I feel like this is going to bless somebody. We're going to read a passage of scripture, and I'm going to give you a title of my message. It says uh, in Hebrews 12, verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings to us closely, and let us run with endurance. Somebody say endurance. The race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured. Somebody say endurance. The cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured. Somebody say endurance. From sinners, such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation or the encouragement that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved or corrected by him. For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. I want to preach a message to you called, I understood the assignment. I understood the assignment. Somebody played out in their head. I understood the assignment. <laughs> I, like, I'm assuming, I understand the assignment. I, I just, can I just take a break about music? I'm, I'm believing that God's going to raise up. I, he's going to resurrect. I, I, don't, I don't mind the stuff y'all young people be listening to. But I just like, I had to listen to that song. And she, I understand the assignment. I don't like and then doesn't say anything in the lyrics about any assignment at all that makes any sense at all. I was just confused. So I was like, I'm going to preach a message because I think, I do think she's speaking prophetically that we need to understand the assignment. A believer who misunderstands the assignment that God has placed on them in this season is going to forfeit everything that God has for them. We take assignments like, like, like we take this season like it's, because the government tries to give you an assignment. Everyone tries to give you an assignment. Anybody try to give you an assignment or give you something? And like, no, that, that ain't what God told me to do. Sometimes even our parents try to give us assignments. They want us to do things a certain way. And like, there's a point where we have to honor and respect our parents, but there's also a point where we have to hear from God. And like, I have to fulfill what God is telling me to do. And so there's all this messaging out here. God's telling believers to rise up. God's telling believers, I don't know. Because when I read scripture, I don't, I haven't seen Jesus tell one believer, rise up. Rise up. I haven't seen that. It, it's weird. Stephen was being persecuted. And I've shared this story before. The first person to die for their faith in the New Testament 
was Stephen. John the Baptist, but I'm saying in the church, was Stephen. And he was being stoned. He was being stoned. And Jesus rescued a woman who was caught in adultery from a stoning. And yet Stephen got stoned and Jesus didn't rescue him. He saw Jesus in the middle of the stoning. And Jesus stood up and watched him get stoned. And then Stephen died. And the Bible says why he was dying, his face shone like the sun. Stephen understood the assignment was to glorify God through the stoning. Not to glorify God because he avoided it. And I'm like, reading this passage of scripture, I'm like, what is the assignment for a believer right now? And I believe it's endurance. It's endurance. We never prepare people for hard times when we give them encouraging words. We never. When we say something encouraging to people, we never. We always say, I'm believing for a house for you. They ain't even got no job. And you're like, I'm believing, <laughs> believing for a house for you. How about you just believe for full-time employment? And they would get their butt up out of bed and work hard. We say that stuff. I'm believing you're going to meet your boo. It's 3 a.m., y'all just left the club, and you're going to pray for their husband. They ain't in the place you just left. You notice when we encourage people, we act like they are never going to have to go through nothing to get it? I'm believing big for you. We don't say I'm believing small for you, but that you'll be grateful. Can you imagine? You're believing for a house and someone gives you a word, you're going to stay in an apartment for 10 years with roommates you hate, but God is going to meet you there. I just see, I don't know, I just see a bus. In my mind's eye, I see a bus and you're waiting for it <laughs> to get to work. And you're not, no, I believe in God for a Tesla for you. We only say like, and we never prophesy the process, only the outcome. And then we wonder why nobody wants to go through the, the process. I remember one time, and I thought she was being negative when she, when she said it, but I realized she was speaking truth. Uh, a couple years ago, the beginning of 2020, uh, Jamaica, one of our team members, uh, she was going through something. She's super young, 20 years younger than me. And I'm like, girl, you got your whole life ahead of you. God's doing amazing things. And she was like, I'm just alive longer than you for more things to go wrong and to have more hard times. Like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I was like, at first I laughed, but the pandemic hit two, three years. I was like, girl, you was right. Because <laughs> the pandemic hit two or three months later, and she was basically like, nah, like, I don't think this, this is going to be my year. You know, we say that every year. This is my year. Who been saying that since 97? <laughs> You've been saying it since DMX was like, arr, arr, arr. since 2000, it's been your year. And it ain't been your year. What do we mean when we say that? We sing songs and we militarize all of our worship songs like we're going to get a victory. But victory means we ain't going to have to go through nothing. And Paul, or not the Paul because he didn't write Hebrews. Nobody knows who wrote Hebrews. These people, these are Christians who are living by faith and they're being rewarded with persecution. Killed. It was so bad that people were renouncing their faith so they didn't die. Now, we couldn't gather for a year. And we're like, rise up. We can't go rise up. We better rise up. They were getting killed. And their spiritual leader said, endure. Excuse me? Endure? What kind of word of encouragement is that? You want me to keep, can you imagine you coming up to your pastor and you are broke and you're asking for prayer for finances and they lay hands on you and go, God, they're not going to be able to cover their rent for the next eight months. They're going to go another five years in debt. What was that? Eight. <laughs> but I pray for endurance. Amen. That's all you're going to pray is endurance? I've been praying 
for things to change. And God's been telling me, you need to pray for endurance. That you would outlast the drama. That you would outlast. Who's going to last longer? The pain or me? We went to the Civil Rights Museum uh, when we visited Memphis. And I will re remember this the rest of my life. You're going through all these um, different, you know, rooms and you're seeing the suffering of black people. And, and you can have a reaction if you're not careful because it can actually make you angry. But I was very intentional that I wasn't there to be angry. I was there to learn something. And I knew whatever it was I was there to learn. So I, I walked through the whole museum and I looked at it. And, and there was this one quote that stood out. Martin Luther King was leading a meeting. He was leading a meeting. And he had some people in the room, maybe the size of this room. And they were all wanting to hear from their leader about what they were going to do about the oppression that people were putting on them. And I would have thought Martin Luther King would have said, rise up, be courageous, take a stand. That's what I would have said. But you know what he told them? He said, do not give up. We will overwhelm them by our capacity to suffer. What did you just say to me? We will show them that we can handle everything they throw at us. We will overwhelm them by our capacity to suffer. And I feel like believers are doing two things when they get into a situation where they need to endure. They're giving up or they're giving in. Giving up means you quit. Giving in means you keep going, but without faith, without hope, without great expectation, with fear. You give in to fear, but you keep going. So you keep trying to go on auditions, you keep starting the business, but deep down, you've given in to the fear that it's not going to work. And you wonder why God isn't doing anything with it, because you're doing the action, but your heart isn't in it, because you've given in. You've given in to fear. So I'm just going to keep doing this, because I got to, but there's no way that this is going to, there's no way. And, and the Bible is saying that this man who was ever encouraging these believers told them to endure. You know what the word endure means? He said it three times. It means a crazy word, the ability to get through prolonged hardship without giving in or giving up. Those two words are important because some of you give up and some of you give in. You keep doing it, but your attitude is terrible. You've given in to depression or you've given in and there's clinical stuff I get it but don't give in and don't give up do it with faith and the word picture of this word is to be filled with running water you're not filled with stagnant water um I am absolutely a wilderness expert because I watch wilderness shows all the time and if you were stuck in the wilderness the safest water to attempt to drink is running water because it is still water where all the parasites and all the bacteria grows. And so this word picture of when you endure, it is a constant flow of running water. What did Jesus tell disciples? Rivers of living water will flow out of the belly of those that believe. And so there's this picture of you should be able to go through things that other people can't go through. That's what makes you, they can't do it. You think about... Um, people who we've seen, like, if that happened to me, I could never, yes, you could. I was, um, got my hair cut uh, yesterday. Uh, $40. Golly. And you ever, like, this is not $40. I feel like this haircut is like 18 bucks, like, <laughs> max. And I was in the barber chair, I don't know, an hour, 15-minute haircut, an hour. You've never had your hair cut in a black barber shop. It's Hey, man, what do you think about LeBron James? I'm like, come on, man. Like, I got an appointment, man. Like, man, the Lakers, man. Like, all right, man. So we just talking to Lakers, and he was telling me a story a little bit, and he was talking about his faith in God. And I said, where did your faith in God grow the most? What season did your faith in God grow the most? And he goes, oh, my 11-month-old daughter passed away. I said, excuse me? Yeah, man, I, I've never suffered so much in my life. And God brought me through it. And it just, it just, I don't understand why my daughter didn't live, but I'm like, what? When you sit down and you talk to people and 
they don't, you don't understand how in the world could they go through what they go through. That, that is true faith. And I want to tell you that life is getting ready to get harder because the blessings are getting ready to get bigger. And I'm so grateful you clap for that. But we leave that part out. We go, I'm prophesying a house over you. But we don't prophesy budgets over people. We got one person that clapped over a budget. One person. God's going to put you on a budget. God's going to have you stop spending so much money. You believing for a house and your car payment's 900 a month? Come on, man. You ever seen that, that uh, Tesla park in that ro roach-infested apartment building? You're like, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> but move on up. You plan on living in that thing? But no, we don't prophesy budgets over people. We don't prophesy work over people. We don't prophesy process over people. We speak blessings over people knowing that that person sleeps till 11. I can promise you right now, if you sleep till 11, there is not anything coming to you. Can I just give you a word of knowledge? You're going to be broke in the name of Jesus. If you sleep till 11, I'm not praying provision over you. I'm praying sweet dreams over your lazy butt. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. It says consider the ant who gets ready for the season that's coming up. You better get ready. I'm telling you, the, the Bible talks about you're going to have to endure. You're going to have to endure. The assignment for believers in this season is endurance. Outlast the suffering. Outlast the pandemic. Outlast the financial struggle. Outlast the heartbreak. Endure. It's going to last a while, but you're going to last longer. Some of you aren't in your purpose because you're born for it, but you ain't built for it. And we're so worried about what we're born for, but you got to be built for what you're born for. And nothing builds you up better than good old-fashioned hard times. Well, we want to be... We want people to listen to us. We want people to give in to our emotions. How many times do you say you feel a certain way and someone can quote you a scripture and it makes you happy? No, we don't even want to hear the Bible anymore. We just want to be heard. You just made me feel so unheard when you said that and you brought correction to my life. I just felt like you were like, isn't that what friends are for? I can tell you right now, I don't want any friends. We had one of our friends show up the other day at our house. So what's going on with y'all marriage? You know, we kind of noticed that y'all, you know, been a little bit dissing with each other. You ain't really been, like, connecting the way. Like, what's going on? What do you, what's going on with y'all? This is what God has for your marriage. And you need to da-da-da-da-da. And brought correction to our life. And I wasn't feeling well, and they were supposed to just bring over soup. <laughs> and chicken. And brought correction. And we didn't go, hey, 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 hey. We don't want you to have that place in our lives. No. Somebody better give me a scripture. I don't want you to listen to what I have to say. Whenever you say something that isn't what God wants you to say, you put yourself in agreement with the devil. And as soon as the enemy has agreement, he has authority. Can I tell you, you are not under attack. The devil does not have permission to attack you. You gave him authority with your words. And you surround yourself by people who listen to you. I don't want you to listen to me if I'm telling you something that's against the word of God. I don't want you to hear me out. I want you to correct me. And I want to tell you right now, for those who endure to the end, I feel like preaching. Matthew 24, Jesus said a whole bunch of bad stuff is going to happen, and those who endure to the end will be saved. He said salvation is not me getting you out of it. Salvation is me getting you through it. If you endure, you'll be saved. Endure. Remain under. Remain under. Somebody say, I got this. 
I'm going to give you a prophecy. That problem ain't going nowhere. I'm not, it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. You outlast the problem. You're not going to be 90 years old thinking about what happened to you when you were 30. You outlast the problem. Who, who's, they threw Daniel in a lion's den. And Daniel outlasted the lions. He was in there long enough for them. God made Daniel be in the lion's den long enough for every lion in there for sure be hungry. And they didn't touch him. He didn't prevent that from happening. And we want God to work in a way that we don't have to endure anything. We don't endure anything. You know you want to make money, save people time. People don't want to endure anything. They don't want to endure anything. Whoever gets the DMV line to go slower, to faster, is going to be a millionaire. Because we don't want to endure anything. We want everything to be quick. We want everything to be easy. And this man showed up and told them, you need some endurance. I think as we unpack this, you're going to have a profound way to fulfill the assignment. There's an, a specific assignment for this season. And can I just give you, and I didn't say this the last service, but I want to say this to you. Purpose is a growing list of completed assignments given by God. It is not one thing. You can't, people pursuing their purpose in the entertainment industry forsake the assignment of caring for their kids and their family. It's a growing list of assignments. And so when you get to the end of your life and you've completed all the assignments God has given you, you have lived out your purpose. It's an assignment. It's, it's an assignment. Um, a couple years ago, to give you an example, I got a, um, uh, I forget how I, uh, I was at speaking at a college. I was speaking at a college at, um, and babe, you remember this, I was speaking at um, Azusa Pacific College. It's a Christian college. And um, I gave a, a girl a word of knowledge that her brother was in trouble and that he was, had severe depression and he was in trouble. And she says, yeah, my brother is really going through it. And I left there. And the brother was from Sacramento. And I left there and I went in the parking lot and the Holy Spirit said, go to Sacramento and meet with him. And I don't know this kid. And I was on a plane, flew to Sacramento, and had lunch with a stranger for two hours and flew back home. It was an assignment. And I remember like, what am I doing? But it was an assignment. And then now when I wanted to do this assignment over here, those purposes connect. If you don't fulfill an assignment like that, then you fulfill this assignment and there's something in your soul that says it's not good enough because you didn't complete something back here. Now something up here that you did complete is unfulfilling because you said no to something back here. The, the fulfilled feeling of purpose is yes, is multiple yeses. So you can say yes to your husband or your wife and be unfulfilled in your marriage because you're saying no to this thing over here. And now you need your husband to be more than he was designed to be or you need your wife to be more than they're designed to be because you're saying no to a real big thing God wants you to do. And now you might need your kids to be more. You might need somebody else to be more. You need your pastor to be more. Assignments given by God need to be completed. And most assignments by God are going to take endurance. You've been going through this for years? Yes. Yes. It's going to be years. It's going to be years. It's going to be years. Jesus was 30 before he did one act of ministry. 30 years. And he was God. And the Bible says you didn't hear anything about Jesus' life from 12 to 30. Not a single thing. 30 years before he did anything at all. Just walking around on earth. But he understood the assignment. I want to go through this, these six verses because this is going to bless somebody. I'm telling you. Verse 1. This is going to help you fulfill the assignment and endure. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. What is Hebrews chapter 11 about? Hebrews chapter 11. It's about a bunch of people who have faith. In order to endure, who do you need to be surrounded by? 
Who do you need to be surrounded by? People of faith. Do you know how many people will tell you you can't do something because they can't do it? Who are you surrounded by? Are you surrounded by people who are living by faith? It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a cloud, a cloud, a cloud, you can't even see through a cloud. You got to be so surrounded by people, all you are around, all you see are people who are living by faith. You got to be surrounded by a cloud. And it doesn't say a cloud of Bible scholars. It doesn't say a cloud of people who know the Greek and the Hebrew. You need to be surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. I don't just know about God. I've seen God. I've seen God move in my family. I've seen God move in my finances. Job said this, I used to know about God, but now I've seen him. I've seen God move in my life. Therefore, since we are surrounded, that word surrounded means to be bound to, encompassed by. If you don't hang out with people with faith, your faith is leaking. Don't, I want you to ask, who's my best friend? Can I just be real with you? Who's my best friend? And when is the last time they quoted a scripture to me? I'm trying to help somebody. I don't want you to stay where you're at. If you, who, do, who, who are the five people I talk to the most? And when's the last time they said something to me about Jesus? Girl, what you doing today? Are you just getting ready to go out? You know, have a few drinks you want to roll? Sure, they, there's nothing wrong with that. Unless you're a king or a queen and you got some real identity. You know, Proverbs 31 is a famous verse about wives. But before that, it speaks to the men and says, don't get drunk with wine. It's not for kings to get drunk. Your identity. And it says, let the people with no purpose and the sad people waste their life away on women and drink. Let them do it. You, you got a purpose. Think about this for a second. This is wildly and profoundly, who are you surrounded by? When God first saved me, he put me, he was surrounded. And I didn't want to be around these people. I didn't. I'm picking you up and I'm taking you to my connect group. I'm like, I don't want to go to a men's connect group. I went to my first men's connect group. And I kid you not, man, one of the guys was playing freaking oceans barefoot on a guitar. I'm like... He's like barefoot, you call me out upon the I'm like, oh my God! Get me out of here! Lord, put something on my heart for you. I don't want to be on your heart. Feel led to pour into you. I don't want you to pour into me. They said all the church stuff to me. I didn't want to be there, but God was surrounding me by witnesses. Witnesses. And look at me now, still trifling, but this is trifleness under control, under restraint. Y'all have no idea what I would have been. Who are you surrounded by? Who are you bound to? That, that word is not we're hanging out. We're bounded to each other. Like we're, we tied ourselves together. We, yeah, we, we, th yeah, thanks babe, we tight. She just... Whatever she's shouting out, that's what I mean by that. We're bound. We don't visit church. We're bound to these people. We don't, we're bounded. Are you surrounded by a cloud of witnesses? Or is your grandma still the only person you know with faith? Is it still your grandma praying for you and you ain't managed to get a friend? Your grandma praying for you and your boyfriend, you ain't never prayed with your boyfriend. Y'all better pray over each other. This is going down, y'all. This is for real. This is real life. The Lord's been telling me it's getting ready to get real. 2022 about to get real. The Holy Spirit told me this morning, I said, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to your son? He said, boy, about to get real. 
said, Lord, is that you? He said, yes. It's about to get real up in this pace. That's what he said. I to get all the way up real in here. Play with me if you want to. That's what the Holy Spirit said. Play with me if you want to. It's about to get real, y'all. We have to endure. And we need to be surrounded. And then after you're surrounded, it tells you to do another thing. Lay aside every weight and every sin. Lay aside every weight and every sin. Lay aside every weight and every sin. Don't just clear your history. I'm preaching to somebody. Don't just clear your history. Lay aside every weight and every sin. Lay aside every weight and every sin. All you critical and judgmental people judging everybody else, but you just as worried and stressed as I don't know what, lay aside every weight and every sin. Lay aside every weight and every sin. Why? So that you can run the race marked out for you. You need to run in this next season. Lay aside every weight. Why? The Bible says these light and momentary struggles far are outweighed by the eternal weight of glory. What is glory? The goodness of God. What is the goodness of God? It is heavy. If, if you saw, if I saw my wife carrying 10 heavy boxes, would I put another box on top of that even if what was in the box was a blessing? No. I would hold on to it until she put that down. So God sees you carrying all this stuff he's been asking you to put down, and you're praying for blessing, and you're like, I'll put it down if you bless me. He was like, I can't bless you because you won't put it down. Because what I have for you is heavier than what you're holding on to. Who am I preaching to up in here? Don't have me start preaching when I only got four minutes left. I wish there were 30 people who are willing to put something down in this season so they can get what God has for them. You're carrying all that stress. You're carrying all that weight. You're carrying all that guilt. You're carrying all that shame. And God says, do you know what I have for you? What I have for you is the glory of God, and the glory of God is heavy. If you can't handle the pain, you can't handle the promise. If you can't handle the burden, you can't handle the blessing. You complaining about this season, wait till you get blessed. You thought hard times was hard, wait till good times show up. I'm telling you. He's like, you got to lay aside every weight so you can run with endurance. You, can, you ever tried to run carrying something? You can't. So that's why it's taking so long. Because you're moving at the pace of your burdens. He says, cast all your cares on Jesus. It's not God's not taking so long. You're running slow because you won't put that crap down. And run. 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 It doesn't take as long as you think. You got to put it down so you can run. Somebody is going to need to speed up in this season. Speed up. Don't, like, you got you to gotta put in more work. Speed up. Let's go. Let's go. What are we waiting for? Let's go. What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? We let insecurity and fear slow us down. What are we waiting for? God uses people who have less than what we have and we're waiting. What are we waiting for? God's saying, I got you. Let's go. Put down every weight and every sin and run. I'm telling you. And this is why you got to hang out with a cloud of witnesses. Because people who are slowed down by weight and sin often want you to slow down as well so they can feel comfortable. Oh, I'm going to say that again. That's why you got to have a cloud of witnesses, because people who are slowed down by weight and sin want you to slow down so they can feel more comfortable. I don't know. i just concerned you're doing too much. You're just doing too much. I, I just don't want your life to be all about money. You got a rush card. What's that card uh, Russell Simmons gave out? <laughs> you got a preloaded debit card because your credit, are you talking to me about money? 
Don't have no broke person telling you you're doing too much. Have a rich person tell you you're doing too much. Don't have no person on a fifth boyfriend in five years tell you you spend too much time with your boo. I don't know, I feel like y'all just a little clingy. <laughs> and you a little clanky. I don't know, just say something back to him. <laughs> Clingily clank, just say something back. Don't even just make stuff up. Lay aside every way. And then it says, are you surrounded by, don't, looking to Jesus? Just look to Jesus. No, no, no. Before you look to Jesus, be surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Because they'll be able to tell you, you ain't looking at Jesus. And lay aside every weight and every sin. You can't look to Jesus. When you are bogged down with weight, you, you, no one looks up like this carrying something. They, go, they carry it like this. They carry it like this. So you have to go do that in order. Surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Right? Lay aside every weight and every sin. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross. So Jesus was able to have endurance because he had joy. We always talk about Jesus dying for our sin, but we don't say that he was joyful when he did it. He was joyful when he did it. Joy means grace recognized. That's what that word means. When you recognize the grace of God on your life, you'll always have joy. If you are unhappy and you are not joyful, you've lost sight of grace. Grace makes everyone joyful. Grace makes everyone joyful. Grace makes everyone joyful. You cannot not have joy and understand grace. It is supernaturally impossible to understand grace and not have joy. You're hard on yourself and you're hard on other people if you don't have joy. This is the biggest symptom of lack of joy. You're hard on yourself, you're hard on other people. And then it says this. Consider Jesus who endured from sinners such hostility against himself since you may not grow weary or faint-hearted in your struggle against sin. These people are being persecuted and he's saying, I need you to deal with your sin. I need you to deal with your sin. I need you to endure and deal with your sin. I need you to deal with your sin. Because whatever's in the dark comes to the light. And I've hidden some of your sins for a season. But the enemy wants to bring your sins to light at the height of your success. So I'm waiting for you to deal with something right now so the enemy doesn't try to make that public. I'm going to I'm gonna need you to deal with this. Because this is going to come up and mess up what I'm giving you. So I'm not mad that you have it. I just need you to deal with it. I just, we'll deal with it together, but I'm going to need you to deal with that. The Bible says that Jesus stands at the door and knocks, and anyone who lets him in, he will come and eat with them as friends. Why would you not let Jesus in? Isn't that weird? Isn't that a weird verse? Why? Can you imagine? You're looking at a website you have no business looking at, and it's Jesus. And you look to the people, and you like that website open, you look to the people, and it's Jesus. You'd be like, oh, deleting everything. And Jesus says, no, open the door and I'll eat with you as friends. And I'm going to tell you what I'm about to tell you in the context of friendship at the dinner table. He says, that's what I want to have, that relationship with you. Let me in. Don't clean it up, just let me in. Let me in. You're going to be tempted to leave me on the outside of the door and get your house in order. Because that means that Jesus must have shown up unannounced. They weren't expecting him. God. And he's like, don't clean that up, open a door. Don't even pray for forgiveness, just open a door. Open a door and I'll sit down and I'll eat with you. This is so good. And then I'm going to close with this because I'm already over time. But He says, and have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when corrected by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. He disciplined and chastises. Anybody believe him for, to be disciplined by God and chastised by God? Make some noise. No, you're not. You won't be blessed. 
You know why? Because you're trying to use the word discipline like the English word of discipline. Anybody been disciplined by a parent growing up? Brian said, yeah, you know. <laughs> My mama would discipline me with stuff that didn't make no scientific. I'll slap you in the next week. I will slap you, roll your eyes at me again, and your eyes will be rolling across this kitchen floor. <laughs> Mom, if you slap my eyes out my head, they, would, they wouldn't roll across the kitchen floor. Do it again. Remember that one? Do it again. That was your way of like, don't do that again. But growing up, discipline and, 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 and human discipline means you did something wrong. So I'm going to do something to make you feel uncomfortable because you did something wrong. That's human discipline. Whether that is um, uh, whatever, timeout, spanking, whatever you got. I'm going to do something to make you feel uncomfortable because you did something wrong. So then when we feel like we're under a season where God is doing something to make us feel uncomfortable, our brain goes, we did something wrong. Because we grew up to believe we did something wrong for there to be discipline. Because human discipline only happens when you do something wrong. But that word discipline in the Greek is not God's response to you doing something wrong. It's God's response to you headed somewhere right. It literally means, this is going to blow you away. It means a child under development with strict training to train up a child so they mature and realize their full potential. So when your parents made something uncomfortable happen to you. They were doing that in response to something you did in your past, even if it was a few minutes ago. When God does it, he's doing it in response to something he sees in your future. He's going, ooh, this girl's going places. I got to send her through some hard times. Because what I'm giving her is a lot. It's going to be amazing. The only way to prepare her for blessings is burdens. The only way to prepare him for something awesome is with something difficult. So it's training. So then now, but the chastisement is, is a response. Now, right now, I'm under discipline. To be honest, I'm not doing anything wrong. Like not, like especially with church. Like I'm under discipline. Because this ain't what I thought it was going to be. This two years of leading the church is not what I thought it was going to be. Like it's not. It's not. This ain't it. I love y'all, but this is not what we had in mind. Just mask and somebody cough. You like. <laughs> the Omarion variant. You know, brothers, we don't ever get the word right. Just don't ever get it right. <laughs> it's like, it's a micron. <laughs> The Marion variant, the Icebox variant, B2K variant. And you, this is what I had in mind. And I was like, Lord, am I doing something wrong? He's like, no, I'm preparing you for what I see for you. Now, I've also been chastised where it was me. And God had to make the pain of what I did so challenging that I wouldn't do it again. And that's where you got to be humble. If you've ran for God for 10 years, don't you dare only give him 10 months to fix it. Give him as long as you've been running. If you ran from him 20 years, give him 20 years to fix it. He'll fix it early, but be humble enough to say, I ran for you for 20 years. I'll let you take 20 years to bless me if you want to. Be that humble. If you was like just wilding out five years ago and you've been, you got baptized two months ago and now you're like, God, where are you? That's not, come on, man. Your car still smell like weed. <laughs> like, give it a little bit. Give it a little bit. Humble yourself, man. Dang. So chastisement and discipline is different. So there's two categories of people. Some of you, it was you. The other one, God's saying, it's not you. This is training. This is training. I'm about to give you something so awesome, you need something so terrible to prepare for it. Oh, nobody wants that word, though. Nobody wants that word. Ooh, I'm believing for a house for you. I'm believing for a Tesla for you. I'm believing for it. No, these, like, none of that's coming. This is, not, this is not a message about that. 
if you endure to the end, salvation will come. To the end. To the end. Till it's over. Till COVID ain't got nothing left and you still got a full tank. To the end. If you endure to the end, how much you got left? Don't ask God to stop something because you're tired. Pray for endurance. And I don't know about you, but I've been feeling exhausted. But I'm, 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 about, I'm back. I don't even know where I was and I'm back. I want endurance. What was that movie where um, the dude went out on the ocean and there was a storm? He's like, is that all you got to the storm? It was Twister. That's white people stuff right there. <laughs> Go in a storm. Is that all you got, tornado? <laughs> but that's how we got to be as believers. Somebody need to tell the enemy, is that all you got? That's all you got. I'm going to keep going. I'm not giving in and I'm giving up. Is that all you got? 2021, is that all you got? I'm good. I'm still going to have faith. Is that all you got? Oh, you want to have me lose my job? Is that all you got? Is a little bit of financial struggle, a little bit of a health thing? Is that all you got? No, I'm going to endure till the end. My God is for me. He is with me. Is that all you got? Is that all you got? Couple of mass mandates and vaccine mandates. Is that all you got? All you got? You're going to try to tell me I don't have a purpose? Is that all you got? Somebody needs to rise up and tell the devil, is that all you got? You ain't got more than that? You're going to try to make me afraid about the same thing over and over again? Is that all you got? You ain't got more than that? I'm going to endure till the end. My God is the God of salvation. Is that all you got? Why don't you stand to your feet right now? Y'all better come get this thing. Y'all better come get this microphone, man. Because somebody in here, somebody in here needs to tell the devil to sit down somewhere. Get out of your thoughts. Get out of your family. Get out of your mindset. Somebody needs to tell the devil, is that all you got? You think you're just going to have me discouraged for another year? I'm not waiting for the pandemic to be over. I'm not waiting for things to get better. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. It starts with me. It starts with my faith. It starts with me being surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. I wish there were 30 people in here that was just sick and tired of being sick and tired up in here. I feel like preaching, Brandon. Y'all better come get me. Y'all better come get me. Y'all sitting up here looking all sad like God ain't for you. Like he don't have a plan for your life. Watching CNN and Fox News and getting your messages from them. And you better get in your word and hear from the Lord that God is saying, I got a plan. Endure. Endure. I know it's going to be a hard time. I know you're going to have to suffer, but I'm good. I'm so good. Oh, I feel like praying for somebody up in here. I feel like praying for somebody up in here. Y'all going to make me take my jacket off. Y'all going to make me take my jacket off. Somebody going through a, 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 a hard time and you ready to quit. You ready to quit. Don't you give up. We're going to see this thing to the end. We're going to see it all the way through. We're going to see it all the way through. We're going to see it all the way through. We're going to outlast this thing. We're going to outlast this pain. We're going to outlast this drama. We're going to outlast this pandemic. We're going to outlast this. No weapon formed against me will prosper. It doesn't say the weapon will not be formed. It says it ain't going to work. This ain't going to work. You ain't running this play on me no more. This ain't going to work. This ain't going to work anymore. You're not running the fear play. You're not running the discouragement play. This ain't going to work. This ain't going to work. The enemy's doing it because it works. This don't work. I'm done. I'm not being afraid. I'm not living in fear. I'm going to do what God told me to do. I'm not going to disqualify myself. I wasn't qualified to begin with. 
If God wants me to do it, I'm going to do it. If God wants me to start the business, I'm going to start the business. If God wants me to preach, I'm going to preach. If God wants me to get married, it doesn't matter that I don't know anybody in my family that wasn't married. I'm not getting divorced in Jesus' name. I'm not doing it. It ain't going to work. We stand up to each other and don't stand up to the devil. Every time somebody do something, you want to get in their face. And the devil do something, you just let him sit up in your house and eat Cheerios, rubbing his feet together on your couch. You need to throw the devil up out of your house. He's in your mind, telling you what to think, telling you what to believe. And the Bible says, with God, all things are possible. When are believers going to do some impossible stuff in 2022? Get out of the boardrooms and stop writing on chalkboards about what you're getting ready to do. I don't know what God's getting ready to do, but I know if I outlast all this drama and all this suffering, how God's going to use me, no eye is seen, no ear is heard, what God wants to do for those who love them. Let me start praying. Oh, what time is it? Oh, it's 1230. Brandon? Fear is breaking up in here right now. Fear is breaking up in here. You brought your scary homie to church today. You didn't know. They was getting delivered. Who brought the scary homie today? Make some noise. You brought the scary homie today. Make some noise. You brought the scary homie to church today. Anybody bring the scary homie to church today? Always worry about something? Where the scary homie? If you the scary homie, just, just raise your hand. If you the scary homie. Just go ahead. Just, just, just be honest up in here. We, you get fear getting broken off you today. So, you know what the opposite of fear is? What's the opposite of fear? Nope. Trick question. The opposite of faith is sight. It doesn't say we don't walk by fear, we walk by faith. It says we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. The opposite of faith is what you see. The opposite of fear is identity. For God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but one of adoption. Oh. Woo! I'm not afraid because of who my daddy is. You know who my daddy is? Do you know who my daddy is? My, my father is the God of the universe. And I'm going to be worried about... Somebody's getting delivered of fear. If you need to be delivered of fear right now. You need to be delivered of fear right now. I want you to raise your hand. You're leaving here without fear. Matter of fact, just come forward. You need to be delivered of fear. There's, there's deliverance happening right here. Somebody has a spirit of fear up in here. You got a spirit of fear. Come forward if you need to be delivered of fear. You better come up here. Don't be prideful. You got a spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. Listen to me. Listen to me. Look me nice. Look me nice. Fear is not a reality. It's a spirit. It says, I haven't given you a spirit of fear. It's not a reality. It is not a reality. And you know what fear means in the Bible? It means don't run. When it says do not be afraid, it means don't run. Don't run. So when you're afraid, you run from what God has for you. When you're unafraid, you run into. Fear does not change the pace of life. It changes the direction of running. So here's the great thing. If you're afraid, you're in the perfect shape to do God's will because you've been using fear to run from. Now all God's going to do is turn you around. You're going to run to. You're going to be delivered from fear. All right? So in order to be delivered from fear, we have to, there's something called um, renouncing something. And renouncing something is you pick this up somewhere. So typically a spirit, not to be super deep, but a spirit will typically, we use the word attack. And I don't like that word for demonic. I like the word attach. Not attack, attach. So a spirit doesn't attack you. It attaches itself to something from your past. So the Lord's going to show you where you picked up the spirit of fear. It could be in a conversation, pressure from 
um, you know, a mom or a dad. But, but think about the situation where fear attaches itself. The Lord's going to highlight it right now. You don't even have to think about it. When did the spirit of fear, what circumstance did the spirit of fear attach itself? What is it attached to? Uh, if you have a fear of finances, it came from something that your parents did with money. If, it, if it's about your calling or purpose, it came from an old teacher or something. If it, it, it came from somewhere. And you have to deal with the circumstance that it attached itself to. Sometimes you believed something that somebody said and it wasn't true. Or it was true for them and it wasn't true for you. And so what did it attach itself? Does everybody have that thing? The Holy Spirit will show you. Sometimes it's abandonment, it's a breakup, it's a rejection. I can't pray for you to get rid of it if you don't know what it's attached to. Because what happens is when we pray for spirits to be cast out, they're thrown out. If I want to throw something, it cannot be heavy. I cannot throw something heavy. So spirits of fear feed off of life experiences. So once we expose what it's feeding off of, then, then, it's, then, then it's weak. Does that make sense? All demons are like roaches. When the light comes on, they all scatter. So we're, we're illuminating where did this happen? Where did this happen? What are you afraid of? Where did it come from? Does everybody know where their fear came from? Does everybody got it? Okay. Now, once you know where it came, came from, the second step that you have to do, and I'm going to pray for you, it's going to be gone. The second step that you have to do is you have to replace it with something. The Bible talks about when uh, this story of a strong man where the, the house was made in order, they cleaned it, and when the demon came back and checked and the house was empty in order, it came back with seven of his friends and the person is worse off. So if you don't replace that thought with something that is of God, the enemy is going to come check. So it's not just about getting rid of fear, it's replacing it with something. So let me ask you this question. Why would the enemy want you to be afraid of something? What does he want? Why, do, why does he want you to be afraid to do it? Because he knows if you do it, it's going to work. <laughs> How would the enemy want you to be afraid of failure unless whatever you were about to do was going to work? He knows it's going to work. So this is so important. This little bit of, not that I'm an expert on demons, but the devil operates not in the natural, but in the heavenlies. So that means that if you have a fear in this area, the devil understands in the heavenly realm what God is doing. And he's trying to stop it from getting out of the heavenly realm into the natural. So then he uses natural circumstances to try to impede a heavenly reality. Does that make sense? So then now, what are we going to replace that with? What are we going to replace that with? I'm going to do it. The thing that I'm afraid of, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So now you are making your commitment to God, I'm doing this. I'm doing it. Period. If it kills me, I'm doing it. Does that make sense? And then now we're going to pray for the spirit of fear. You ready? In Jesus' name, spirit of fear, come out, come out, come out. In the mighty name of Jesus, come out of these people in the name of the Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. It's that simple. Now, before you clap, the Bible says when an unclean spirit, which is what a, if there's a Holy Spirit, there's spirits that aren't holy. And it says when an unclean spirit comes out of a person, it goes in search of waterless places. So that means that a spirit, not to be deep, but a spirit of fear is floating around here looking for someone who ain't filled with the Holy Spirit. Right now. So we got rid of this spirit of fear up here. And if you in the back and you ain't got the Holy Spirit, it's coming for you. So not trying to be deep, but a spirit of fear is looking around here like, who, who, who up in here can I just, you know, be on right quick, man, you know. It's like spirit of fear is like they like rats. Like what, they looking for trash. Demons are like rats. They feed on trash. So we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit and have less trash. Trash attracts rats. So we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So now I'm going to pray for a filling of the Holy Spirit. Which the evidence of the filling of the Holy Spirit is a gift of tongues. It isn't the evidence that you're a Christian. It's the evidence that you've been filled. The evidence that you're a Christian is your character, not your tongue speaking. It's the evidence you've been filled. Holy Spirit, pour out yourself on your sons and daughters right now. Fill their hearts with love. Give them the gift of tongues. Give them the gift of discernment right now. Many of you are just going to start praying in tongues right now. Yep. Yep. Just pray it out loud. Be bold. You're going to start praying in tongues right now. If you've never been in this environment before, fear is worse. If this is awkward, fear is even more awkward. You'll be all right. Just begin to pray out in tongues right now. All through the front and the back. And if you're not, ask God for the gift right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 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 Thank you. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, 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 Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 